Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. As the Michigan football team comes down from the high of winning the national championship, we're starting to get clarity on next year's roster. Who's staying? Who's leaving? And which category does Jim Harbaugh fall into? Plus, the winter sports seasons are well underway, and we've got updates on hoops and hockey. That and more coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be with you here. Tuesday morning, January 16th. It is just it's so cold, so cold in Ann Arbor. What is the temperature right now? I'm going to call it up. It is 10. 10. We're in double digits. I love it. And the sun's out. So that, that basically negates the cold. Like if the sun's out, it's basically warm. It's like summertime. Oh, it's a, it's a feels like 12 maybe for you. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes a big difference. I got my windows open right now. I can feel the heat radiating on me. It's it's beautiful. I don't know. The garage door clicker for my in my car just isn't working when it's this cold. Like the radio just takes like an extra minute to like turn on. It's all just the the worst. Were you guys outdoors for the parade on Saturday? I know we had presents there, but it, neither of you were among the the folks of, out there, were you? I showed up for the final 15 minutes. I kind of did oh, wow. it the smart way where I showed up toward the end where everyone's already there and parking lots are full. I kind of found a spot by Chrysler and then walked over to state to catch the, I guess the very end, the tail end of it all. Okay. Um, I was surprised at how many people showed up. Like it was, like you said, it was cold and frigid and windy and yeah. um, there were a lot, there were thousands of people out there. Obviously I don't know a specific number, but um, it was packed. Like it, there were a lot of folks. I was it was impressive, but again, it goes to show, right? Like just how magical and how special this season was and how important it was to a lot of folks. So it was, it was impressive to see all the players, a lot of the players were there. Uh, the big names were all, were all there. Uh, you know, Trevor Keegan took his shirt off at one point, was guzzling beers and uh, Jim Harbaugh was there. I, Blake Corham had these huge mittens on his hand. They almost looked like oven mitts. They were huge. Um, but some players dealt with the cold better than others, but it was, it was a good time. And I think smartly too, it only lasted 45 minutes from beginning to end. Yeah. Started at the president's house in South university, swung down, stayed and ended at Schimbeckler hall. Um, but it was, yeah, good time. Yeah. I mean, the, seeing the videos and whatnot online were enough for me. So I was trying to, trying to get back. To, I didn't need to catch a cold here after being on the road for like three weeks. So I, I got showed up to the celebration really early and I'm like, well, maybe I'll, I'll walk down and catch the end of the parade, but then by the time I parked them, I'll just head into the Chrysler early. I hang out there and watch the people file in for the for the real celebration afterwards. Yeah, the uh, it was interesting. I was thinking, like, you know, my wife was saying, "Oh, can't they hold this thing like in April or, or August, even to kick off next season?" It's just you just don't know who's going to still be around from that point. I mean, guys are going off to the NFL. The head coach potentially might not be here. So, um, yeah, I guess you could try to bring guys back, but obviously, fans are are, are feeling it right now, um, and that carried into Chrysler, which was aired on Big Ten Network. Um, you know that that celebration that looked that looked pretty good as well. Mike Barrett, I think maybe my favorite as far as his his comments had a lot of a lot of one liners and uh, you know you had JJ McCarthy passing the crystal football, <laughs> literally <laughs> passing it uh, to yeah. Mikey Sandra still uh, you know most important uh, completion of the season I'd say or at least uh, most you know valuable um, you know as far as as far as a monetary value on that thing. But um, yeah, what other what other takeaways from from the event? Uh, you know, do you guys have to share? You guys were there. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think fans were hoping and anticipating maybe some big announcements from from the from either JJ or Jim Harbaugh, and like, I mean, there was a ton of energy, emotions in the crowd. I mean, there were standing ovations for some of the speeches, and I mean, Ward mentioned that he was working on a contract with Harbaugh, and everyone gave a standing ovation. So it just felt like the right time if, if either of them had made up their mind about their future at Michigan, they would have announced it then. Uh, and then it was afterwards, it was a mad scramble on the floor to try and get to JJ and, and get uh, and talk to him afterwards. And he didn't really talk to anyone um, specifically about his decision, just said that he would announce it on Monday. Sure enough, he did announce he was going to the NFL. Um, Harbaugh didn't uh, say much about his future either. Um, and obviously, as we know, he interviewed with uh, L.A. Chargers on Monday. So uh, it was still a, a, an exciting night, I'm sure, for fans. And, and they got to cheer a lot and celebrate a lot and, and hear some some nice speeches from the players and stuff. But there wasn't much news that came out of the actual event. Yeah, it was a celebratory thing. I mean, guys got up there, like you said, gave their final goodbyes, so, so to speak, speeches. A lot of good one-liners from several guys, I thought. Um, Ward made it. Ward, who was probably not the most popular guy in the building. I heard some jeers, and I guess it mixed in with cheers. Um, he made it known that he was working on a deal with Jim. Uh, but, you know, it was it was like the per I think it was the perfect encapsulation, right, of the season. Like, I, I, I think no one necessarily wanted to make it about themselves, and, more, and, they, and they wanted to keep it all about the team and – the success and the accomplishment that they, that, you know, they were able to get, um, have. So I was a perfect, it was a perfect night. I thought it was, it was, I think it was well laid out. It moved quickly. Um, you, every major player was introduced. Um, you know, several of the key guys got to speak, the fans got to hear from them. It was, it was a good time. And I think more importantly, maybe for the football team and the program, they made a lot of money. I mean, remember this was put on by the champion circle collective and all the money, uh, sold, you know, that was made on ticket sales. It's going straight to the to NIL. So they're going to have some money to play around with next year. I'm sure it was swayed into some of these decisions that some of these guys are coming back. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was probably a, about as good as nice as you'd expect for how, how frigid it was outside. I will say this, though. There is at these sort of events, there is no need to bring political figures on and put them on the microphone during it too. That was uh, that was probably the low light of the of the celebration, as, as McMahon can attest to. Yeah, I, I still don't understand why they invite politicians to these things. Like, I, I know the politicians are looking for votes and everything else, but like, can we just not? I mean, I don't know, but whatever. It, it is for those that don't know who to, who are you referring to? Yeah, so State Rep Lisa McLean, Debbie Dingle, State Rep Debbie Dingle was there. Uh, Rashida Talib, who got it, uh, was booed pretty roundly while she was there. Uh, they they were introduced early on when when the, I guess some of the the regents were introduced and they mentioned the uh, the reps. Uh, and then they got on the, and then they got on the mic. I don't, was this shown on big 10 network? I, I don't, I guess, I guess it wasn't. Um, Lisa McLean, I think got on there with Debbie Dingle was ripping Tony Petiti in the big 10, but their handling of the sign steel and screaming into the microphone. Like just like obnoxiously, like, yeah, oh, like shrieking, turn down the volume, please. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like John Jansen was caught off guard. He was standing right next to him, and he was like, yeah. uh, "Can we? Can we?" I'm guessing this wasn't shown on BTN, but if it, I mean, oh my god, it was me. I was, I was laughing. But it was just, again another reminder. Like, can we not? Can we not bring the politicians in here? Like, really? Do we need this? Yeah, I missed the beginning of the broadcast. So if it was, I, you know, it's possible I missed it. But no, I didn't. I didn't. 
I didn't recall seeing that. Um, all right. So yeah, we've got some, some clarity on the roster. I mean, I'm just trying to think like, I don't think any of the players who spoke are any of the ones that are coming back. Right. <laughs> Aren't all the guys who spoke leaving. So like that would not be the time to be like, Hey, Michigan fans, I'm going to the NFL. Like, you know, if, if McCarthy or, or any of these other guys were coming back, you could see maybe that's the platform they choose to announce. And instead we just had this, wave of social media announcements where it seemed like you had the the one period of time where everyone who left posted and then you had the period of time where everyone who, who came back posted um aaron you had a story i don't know if it was today or yesterday on mlive.com slash wolverines kind of recapping who's staying who's going um so let's let's just run through this and i mean some of these were were truly obvious they were they were out of eligibility they either had already taken their fifth year after COVID, or you know or or whatever the case was. But I, I think with the NCAA now and granting, um, you know, even extra years on top of that, you know, for whatever reason that um, I, I think a guy's not gone until he's gone. And, and you know, fans aren't necessarily keeping track of all this. But just to recap, uh, J.J. McCarthy is gone. Now, he obviously was just three years. This is he is leaving a year early. He did not even use his four years. Um, Blake Corum gone. Uh, Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson among wide receivers. And then the offensive line, you got Carson Barnhart, Darius Henderson, uh, Trevor Keegan, Zach Zinter, Drake Nugent. Um, one other that I'm forgetting along the line. I'll get, I'll get back to that. Uh, defensive line. You got uh, Jalen Harrell, uh, Braden McGregor, uh, Chris Jenkins gone. Mike Barrett and Junior Colson among the linebackers, Josh Wallace and Mikey Sain were still uh, Trente Jones was the other offensive lineman who's also gone. Maybe a bit of a surprise, but that's that's a lot of names. Yes. I mean, I think we knew this, that next year was going to be it was going to be real tough to repeat what they accomplished this season. But especially with J.J. McCarthy now gone, this is this is a this is, is going to be a full reload next year. Yes. Yeah, I counted 16 guys with some type of starting experience. Every either every game or, or there are partial starters that are that are leaving. Um, as you said, several of them are out of eligibility. Some of them had eligibility left. I mean, Blake Corb could have came back for another year if he really wanted to. Obviously, no one expected it, but it goes back to your your larger point that some of these guys, you know, could have had another year. So. Um, I, I think it hurts when you look at the grand scheme of it all. I think it hurts the offense more than the defense because, um, you know, defensively, they got a lot of guys back. They they were working with four edge rushers to begin with this year, and they get two back in Jashai Stewart um, and, uh, and and Derek Moore. And then you and then you get both starting safeties back, Rod Moore, Makari Page. Uh, Will Johnson's obviously back because he's not eligible for the draft yet. Uh, and then you got guys kind of ready in the, in the wings there, and then and then they built depth to, uh, at linebacker too. So yes, they you they lose Junior Colson and Michael Barrett, but Ernest Houseman's back. They brought in Jay Sean Barrow from the transfer report from Maryland. They have depth there inside linebacker. So offensively, I think is the bigger question mark here, right? Like who do they, who ultimately replaces JJ McCarthy at, at quarterback? Um, Donovan Edwards is back at running back, so that helps, and that's a start, and they got some depth there as well. But then they got to build, rebuild the offensive line. There are guys there ready to step in, especially at guard. Um, that I think could 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 do well. Uh, center, there's some options there. Uh, tackle will be questioned. You mentioned Miles Hinton, I think, believe is coming back, so that helps. But they're gonna have to find another another tackle. So there are pieces to uh, to replace. I I, I don't want to say this is necessarily a huge um, a complete teardown, just because there are guys they had done a good job of building depth. I mean, that's like one of the differences the last couple of years compared to like pre 2020 in Michigan. Like 
they while they had good players back then, oftentimes when they left, there was really no replacement for them. Now there there is there's depth. Guys have been built in, so um, they lose a lot of guys. There are positions in question right now, but at least defensively, I you know Michigan's in a, in a good I think good place going into next year. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Aaron. I mean, especially yeah, with the with the safety position with Rod Moore, Matari Page, and then even Keon Sab, who came in in the national championship game and played pretty well, um, pretty uh, stout front there with with Mason Dram and Kenneth Grant in the middle. So I, I do like what they're bringing back defensively. Maybe we won't see as much rotation on defense just because of the, the death won't be there. But I, you you got a good core coming back, but. I mean, offensively, it's kind of scary right now looking at what their options are. I mean, if you think they they ran the ball a lot over passing the last few years, I mean, based off what I'm seeing right now on the roster, it could be a it could be even more of a split moving forward with with the question marks at uh at quarterback, and then with with I mean, you're losing Cornelius Johnson and Roman Wilson, your top two wideouts. Uh, Darius Clemens went to the transfer portal, so it's like who. Who's going to catch passes besides Colston Loveland at this point? So uh, you got Donovan Edwards coming back. Kalel Mullings, you figure maybe he has a bigger role in the offense now that he has more experience at running back. They're bringing in a top 100 recruit at running back in Jordan Marshall. So it's like, all right, well, we'll probably be leaning on the run game quite a bit uh, here in 2024 and too. But a lot of offseason to go. But right now the, the offense is looking a little worrisome. Now, it's notable at receiver, they do bring back Samaj Morgan. Tyler Morris did come on as the season went on. So I think they're going to lean on those two quite a bit next year. But you're right. They're going to have to, like, find someone else. They're not number ones, though, man. Like, no. it's tough. I mean, you can take take a jump. But, like, man, that's that's a big ass for either. Especially, like, you look at what Nico Collins, they need, like, a big body receiver. And they just haven't really had that. And uh, when you look at the room right now, there's nobody that stands out that has that potential. So to me, it, it, that the receiver room is probably their weakest point on the roster at this point. But yeah, who, who knows what will happen with the portal and stuff. But that's a big time need, in my opinion. Yeah, it's wild to say that about the running game when after you lose Blake Corum, who you know rewrote Michigan's record books. Um, you know, they again Donovan Edwards coming back is is big. You could have seen him potentially leaving for the NFL just as running back. You know, just trying to maximize his the length of his career. Um, but you know, the way he finished in the national championship is certainly encouraging. How he's going to be as an every down back uh, still. Uh, Big question mark. Uh, Kalel Mullings maybe is that guy. And, and Edwards, again, fills kind of that home run hitter role for them. I don't know. But let's talk about quarterback. I mean, we're going to get into this in, in plenty of podcasts, you know, throughout the offseason leading into next year. But with J.J. McCarthy now officially gone, uh, I mean, I'll just I'll phrase it like this to you guys right away. Quarterback next year, starting quarterback in the opener. Jaden Davis, someone else on the roster or someone who's not currently on the roster. For me to answer that, it's gonna have, I'm gonna have to know who the head coach is. If it's Jim Harbaugh, I I don't know if Jaden Davis is the guy. Just if you look again, we've look we we've talked about this before. Jim isn't big on throwing true freshmen into the fire right away, especially the quarterback position. Um, now maybe that changes if the head coach changes, right? If that's Sharon Moore or someone else who is more maybe more likely to 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 you know uh, take a risk there. Um, right now, I, I'd say the leader in the clubhouse, just based off of everything that's being said, the words coming out of Jim Harbaugh's mouth uh, in, in the lead up to the Rose Bowl, I think Alex Orgy's the guy, or at least the leader in the clubhouse. I'm not ready to anoint him the starter. 
Um, I think I think there's a lot a lot of still moving parts. It wouldn't surprise me if Michigan tries to dip into the the portal and get a graduate transfer at some point this offseason to kind of to supplement things. I, I I think we don't know about Jack Tuttle. It sounds like he wants to come back, and if he's healthy to go, I I think he would be in the mix to at least have an attempt to start. Um, I, I I do wonder though, and I, I do think at this point that the quarterback position not only the biggest question mark, but could potentially be one of the biggest weaknesses right now, right? Like Orgy is unproven. Yes, he's great on the ground, but is his arm good enough? And then we we haven't seen or heard much from Jane Denegal. So I I, I don't know. It, it's going to be an interesting offseason. I, I think Jane Davis has a lot of work to do work to go. So I I I'd, I'd be surprised if we saw him as of as the week one starter. But I mean, stranger things have happened. Yeah, no, I, I agree with Aaron. I, I would think if I had to pick someone on the roster, I'd pick someone else other than Jaden Davis. Um, I guess we, we found out that Davis Warren wasn't really healthy much this year, too. So, I mean, probably going into the year, some people were considering him potentially quarterback number two. Didn't really get many opportunities in a backup role on the field this year. And I guess a lot of that was because of injury. Um, I, I, maybe he's still in the mix. Yeah, we haven't really seen Alex Orgy's arm at all and, and what he can do passing the ball. We know he could be dynamic running it. Um, are you going to completely kind of revamp your offense to to get, make him that, that dual threat guy and and really not try and throw the ball much at all, potentially? But I, I think they need to dip into the portal and get somebody that can at least compete for the starting job and, and push some of these younger guys too because right now I don't I, – I, if I'm a Michigan fan, I wouldn't really feel that comfortable with any of the guys on the roster leading this team. To uh, if you want to get back to where you were, or at least contend for a Big Ten title and in, in, in the playoff spot, I feel like you probably would need someone a little bit more reliable than than anyone they currently have. Alex Orgy did not throw a pass this year, and you know he's a sophomore. He threw he threw one, um, you know, over three games uh, as a, as a freshman in twenty twenty two. So we just don't know what we have you have with him there. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, he, yes, he was brought in mostly just as a yeah kind of wildcat quarterback. Um, Tuttle, yeah, I mean, I could I could say having talked to him on the field after the national championship. Um, he wants to come back. He wants to try to, you know, get that seventh year. Um, it'll be after having offseason surgery here, um, which, you know, I'll be I'll be writing about on him live. But, uh, yeah, he wants to throw his, uh, you know, his hat in the ring into this competition. So so we'll see. You've got those other guys you mentioned and then you got, you know, got the portal. I have a friend who texted me, you know, hey, you know, T Talia Tugavailoa is, is in the portal for Maryland. If you want a veteran guy, um, you know, sort of a stopgap for a year. You know, could potentially be better than than what they have, but uh, yeah, I guess the the bigger question, and is it related to this one, was the head coach Jim Harbaugh. Um, you, know, you guys said you didn't get much clarity from him, you know, at, at the celebration, but we know he's interviewing for an NFL job. Is it come down to what we've been saying on this pod, or at least I'll, I'll what I've been saying? If he gets it, if he gets an offer that he likes, he's gone. But that offer might not come, or do you think you know he's more? still on the fence, I, I guess. Where, where do you think on January 16th, you know, what's your take on whether Jim Harbaugh will be the coach of Michigan football next season? I, I, I'm in total agreement. I, I think if a, if a job offer comes, whether it's from the Chargers or some other organization where he feels like they're on the precipice of, of like winning, foot, winning football games, I, I, I think he takes it. You know, look, he's accomplished everything he set out to in Michigan, right? It took him maybe a little longer than, than many of us expected, but they won a national championship. I mean, they won the Big Ten. They beat Ohio State. Like, what? I know it sounds crass, but, like, what else is there for him to accomplish here? You know, other than staying in the college game and being a, a, a football coach. 
So I, I, Jim has always been the type to like want a, a challenge, you know, bigger challenge. Uh, he said a couple of years ago after he interviewed with the Vikings, like, hey, I, I, Super Bowl still remains on my mind. I still want to win that. And now that he has won the national championship in college, I have to think that that's the next logical step for him. Um, but again, it's going to come, it has to come from an organization where he feels comfortable going to. He's, you know, there's familiarity with, it's a situation where he believes that he can come in and with the right moves and with the right, you know, pushing the right buttons, they can win football games. And, you know, I, I would put the Chargers in that category. So he interviewed uh, a Monday night, it's not Monday afternoon, it sounds like in Los Angeles. Um, it remains to be seen if he interviews with any other NFL teams, but there are, I think, seven vacancies at this point, some more expected that could open up here soon. So he's he remains in demand. Uh, the, there is a contract extension offer from Michigan. Uh, it sounds like there's been some haggling over language, not necessarily financial terms, but, but you know, the fine print. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, it's going to be interesting next couple of weeks. I think we'll find out probably by the end of the month here whether uh, Michigan will continue with Jim Harbaugh or, uh, or they'll have him back. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the Chargers move would, would make sense if he wants to chase the Super Bowl. Obviously, the Chargers haven't been the record hasn't indicated that they've been very good recently. But I mean, they got some intriguing pieces, most importantly, a quarterback in Justin Herbert, uh, who I mean, I think talent wise is is the top 10 guy in, in the league. He has some receivers got a good running back. Their defense is atrocious, but I mean, hey, if you spend a first round pick on a key defensive guy and, and start building there, I know they're in a little bit of cap hell, but I think it would be a good landing spot for him if he wanted to chase a, a Super Bowl. To me, with with the reports of, of them, like Aaron said, haggling over language, I wonder if it's more if Harbaugh really want like that's a really a sticking point, or he's just trying to delay a little bit for the uh, an offer to come. That's what I think is at the crux of this all. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I think the Chargers still have to interview some other candidates because of the Rooney rule. But, uh, yeah, I expect hopefully something comes to a head here shortly so we can kind of get a sense of who's going to be coaching this team sooner rather than later and not have this dragged into February like it did a couple of years ago. Yeah, Chargers are about a 500 team over the last four years. You know, bad setback this year at five and twelve with you know Herbert missing time um, and Brandon Staley being an awful, a horrendous coach. Horrendous coach. I'm <laughs> here for all, all the Brandon Staley slander because oh my gosh, I I cannot stand watching Chargers games just because of him. But anyways, I digress. Well, <laughs> yeah, they did they did make the playoffs the year before, so there's yes, there's there's some there's some hope there for for that franchise. So yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting i mean this idea of like you know jim wanted to wanting to be wanted i mean i don't know what more you know ward can do unless he, he's saying and acting differently behind the scenes or you know in, behind closed doors with jim you know to to us at the parade he's like you know he's wanted we want him you know I, I'm, I'm gonna try to get this man a contract new contract you know he, he says this in front of a you know sold out chrysler center so i'm not really sure you know what what more they can do but yes, there is there is of course the the investigations that that could play play a role you know on both sides of this. But I don't know. You see, you know, Saban getting out of the game, and um, you know others like I just you know Harbaugh's made this this push for players to get paid. But to me, it's always felt like listen, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to do what I can do. No one's really listening to me. I can't do this on my own. I hope it works out for them. I'm on my way out the door, and you know, please, you know, get this done for these guys because I still don't think. 
as Michigan won the national championship. And yet I still don't think Harbaugh is like that comfortable navigating in, in the modern era of yes, NIL and trying to, you know, retain your roster year after year and the transfer portal and things like that. I mean, Saban's Saban's older and maybe truly, you know, felt that way even more, but um, you know, it, it's certainly less work to be an NFL coach than it is to be a college coach. You know, the more I hear him, hear Jim talk about the, the player revenue sharing thing, the more I think he'd be like a good college football commissioner. Like, don't forget, he was one of the first people to suggest like the one-year transfer uh, thing that turned into the transfer portal. So like he's come up with a lot of these innovative ideas. He mentioned a 12-team playoff years ago before that became to fruition. So like he's had all these ideas that have, have happened that played out. And I think he's when he wants to, he's good at thinking long-term and, and thinking big picture. Problem is he's, he's a football guy, diehard football guy. He wants to coach football. He always wants to be in the thick of it. So that's the one thing I think that would keep preclude him from doing that. But um, you're right. I, I do think with all this stuff going on in college football, the unknown with the NCAA investigations, the fact that he could be sidelined again next year for, you know, undetermined amount of, of games and, you know, being unknown of whether Michigan has his back or not in terms of, you know, if the NCAA does decide to lay the hammer down, I, I think a lot of that is pushing him to the NFL combined with, you know, success and, and everything else. So it, it's going to be a fast thing next couple of weeks. I, I, I do think, you know, when you look at the list of candidates the Chargers have hired so far, it's been basically a group of, of offense and defensive coordinators and then Jim Harbaugh, who's basically the only one that's had NFL head coaching experience. So I have to think at this point, he's the front runner. He's a leader in the locker room. Now, I don't know how the interview went Monday, um, but, you know, I got to think, you know, unless, you know, Bill Belichick comes knocking on the door, really wanting the, that job or the Chargers coming up with someone else, I, I have a hard time thinking they, they, they go away from Harbaugh and the, and the odds certainly reflect that, you know, they've been shifting on a day-to-day -day basis, but as of today, uh, he, you know, the chargers are his, his, you know, his likely landing spot. Yeah. And then who knows after the playoffs too, there, there might be more openings either in Dallas or potentially Philadelphia now with some disappointing teams in, in the first round, um, potentially making moves too. So it's, yeah, and if you look, to, I was just looking at mission schedule next year too. I mean, like if you want, if he wants to go to the NFL, like this is the perfect time. He's he's he has the potential looming uh, more sanctions against him. Like next year's schedule for Michigan is very difficult, and right now the roster doesn't look like it, it it potentially could compete with maybe the the Texases and the Oregon's and the Ohio States next year. Obviously, a lot lot of time before then, but right now, I mean. This just seems like the the time to for him to go if he can get that offer. And don't forget too. I mean, he's sixty years old. Like he's not getting any younger. And I know it's something we always bring up, but like if you were to get in the NFL right now, he'd be like the fourth or fifth oldest head coach in that league. So like now's the time to do it if he wants to go do it. I mean, he's time is ticking. I think he realizes that. And uh, and yeah, I, I, I now it makes sense. Like you said, this is the, the right time to make the move if you're going to do it. We're not going to get into his potential replacements on this pod. We'll cross that bridge when, when we get to it, or at least when we get a little closer to it. But, you know, it is worth noting that, uh, you know, one name that, uh, you know, we'd suggested before as a potential candidate is off the board. Kalen DeBoer uh, took that Alabama job that Nick Saban vacated. So, um, yeah, that that's one, you know, really nice kind of outside higher that that you know Michigan now now can't make maybe it makes it more likely they just go with with Sharon Moore and try to keep as much of the staff intact as possible we said we were going to talk uh 
you know, some of these winter sports as well. So let's let's do that now. Uh, Michigan men's basketball, big win uh, yesterday at Chrysler. <laughs> Why are you laughing, sir? I don't know. Big win. I, it's just they uh, needed one. They'd lost five in a row. Yeah, they this needed was, one. This yeah, was not good. Right. And, you know, <laughs> it was not we, we've had these stats of, you know, whether the game's one possession or an overtime or, or, you know, within six points, their record. This ended up falling outside of both those things. They win by eight. But I mean, it was it was tight in the final minutes. Um, you know, Michigan goes up 12 points midway through the half and in like the blink of an eye, or I guess you could even say kind of the opposite. It was just this slow, uh, slow motion collapse. Um, you know, train wreck. They they're down. They're down four points. 16-0 run for Ohio State, and very easy for anyone watching or those participating to say, "Here we go again." Uh, you know, Michigan is about to blow another big lead and lose another close game. But you know, credit to them. They show some resilience. They hit some clutch shots, and they come out with a with a win over Ohio State. And uh, yes, they're seven and ten. They're two and four in the Big Ten. Like, is this the start of some turnaround? Uh, I I don't know, but you got to start somewhere. Uh, you had to, you had to stop the bleeding before you can, you know, kind of build any momentum. So, um, you know, they get another, they get a crack at some, some big wins here with, uh, Illinois coming on Thursday and then going to Purdue, uh, on, on Tuesday. Those are, you know, two highly ranked teams in the big 10. Um, and, and yeah, it's, a it's going to be hard to win on the road without their starting point guard. Cause Doug McDaniel, that that's how they're working this where he's in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, based on where Michigan is playing the game, um, which I, I do get logistically, it, it actually makes sense from an academic standpoint. You're going to miss more time away from the classroom when you're when you're traveling. I've also never heard of it before, so it's un, it's unusual from that standpoint. But, uh, you know, that's where that's where Michigan's at right now. So still searching for some some cohesiveness on offense, but a big win for for the Michigan men's basketball team. What time did that game start? It was noon, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. They they play uh they play a game, um, yeah, on 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 Fox. It's kind of a tradition now, and and Michigan has played, you know, if not on that day, they've had a home game now for six or seven straight years, you know, right around that holiday. So, um, and they've usually been successful. So, speaking of Fox, did either of you watch the television broadcast of the game? No, I, usually football, I'll have sometimes have an ear in and you know have it on my laptop. Basketball, it's just so free flowing that yeah, I. I I mean, we have the monitor there to watch, but yeah. So the uh, reason I bring that up is Jalen Rose went, came on during the broadcast with Gus Johnson and Jim Jackson. And literally from the moment he went on to the moment he went off is when Ohio State went on their 16 nothing run. <laughs> I, it was funny. I was chat, I was texting my friends. I'm like, the more Jalen talks, the more Ohio State, you know, scores. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he finally finished. And then that's when Michigan finally, they, they called that timeout and turned it around. Yeah. But it, it was funny. Yes. Uh, yeah. Fab five in attendance. First time they were all together in a long, long time. So, you know, that was that was a big deal. I know a lot of fans now are just kind of over it and, and whatever. Uh, but, you know, it was a big deal and obviously meant meant a lot to Jawan as, as you know, one of those uh, five members. Um, the women, the women are 12 and five. They're three and two in the Big Ten. So they're just kind of humming along, you know, that kind of ups and downs uh, of, of early, you know, Big Ten play so far. They're at Nebraska on Wednesday. Um, Are they ranked? They're not ranked, no. Not no, ranked. not even not even really close to that. You know, they're looking like a, you know, NCAA tournament-like bubble team, but they got they got a lot of work to do, but there's a, there's a lot of time left. So um, they did some good things in the non-conference, but, you know, had some slip-ups as well. They're, in, they're in certainly a different and much better place than, than the men who, 
um, you know, can't even start talking about, you know, the Big Ten or, or, or the NCAA tournament or anything like that until they start winning some games, which they have now done done you know once this was the first win in a month so um first win since you know beating eastern michigan at home uh so this was this was again you got to start somewhere and there were some encouraging signs you know we can debate whether they have the kind of the horses to do it especially on the road when they don't have mcdaniel but 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 there it is with the win um yeah, it was wild for me to go right back in the hoops, um, especially on the road after coming back from from Houston and the highs of a national championship. Zuke, you had a kind of similar vibe with you know being uh, being at Yost for some hockey games. Uh, yeah, what did you see and what what's coming up next for Michigan hockey? Yeah, I uh, decided to brave the elements and go to the game on Friday night in the middle of a, a snowstorm against a team that you live like two miles from the stadium. Calm down. <laughs> hey, no, it was still a trek, man. It was like literally yeah, just, just the parking lot is just brutal. Right. Yeah. So it was. Um, it was early on. It was very lightly attended, but it actually it didn't fill out. But it it, it was a decent crowd for for considering the elements and considering they were basically facing my beer league hockey team i mean not exactly but <laughs> they played stonehill which was 0 and 20 entering the the year brand new team to division one they had lost to other d3 teams this year uh and a, just an atrocious team i mean it's tough to build the program but like it was uh they shouldn't have been on the schedule michigan won 12 to 4 on friday night i was there it was uh 10 to one after the second period. I mean, missions top line, uh, fresh off at winning a gold medal with team USA at the world juniors with Gavin Brindley, Rector McGordy and, uh, Frank Nazar. Uh, they absolutely lit it up. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a blowout. Um, obviously it was not at Saturday's game as I was at Chrysler, but I guess they actually fell behind one to nothing in the first four minutes. And then scored five power play goals in route to winning seven to one. Um, so not much of, I mean, it was their first two games since December 2nd. So it, it was good for them to get back to it. But like you, they have a tough stretch coming up. You maybe would have liked for them to be tested a little bit more. Uh, absolutely monster weekend coming up against Michigan State. And this is a completely different Michigan State program than the past decade decade or so i mean this team is legit they're top five in the country um they're they've got nhl talent nhl future draft picks on the roster which they haven't had in a long time and they're absolutely humming right now so this will be a huge test it's a home and home friday in east lansing saturday at yost and uh like andrew said with the with the women's team like this mission hockey team is kind of on the ncaa bubble right now uh, I mean, with the, I still think they're talented enough to get in, but they need to get some wins and, and make up some ground in the Big Ten right now. There's a, uh, a wide gap between the top two teams and, and the rest of the field. So Michigan needs to pick up some wins. They got Michigan, and then they have, oh, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin, another top five team who's also leading the Big Ten right afterwards at home. So two huge weekends ahead for the, for the Wolverines hockey team. Very good. Yeah, this is... Uh... This is that time of year where we start, you know, diving into some of these these other teams. I mean, it's a little later, a little later than than usual. That football season, it's just still can't get over. Yeah, how how long it went and how you know one play can can change things. And um, you know, it was uh, really was just uh, an incredible season. I mean, I was talking to my mom on the phone the other night. She's like, you know, they were they were destined to win. They were a team of destiny. And you know, I don't know, I don't know about you guys, the sports writer. I try not to buy into any of that stuff, but. 
I mean, it really was just true. They were on a they were on a mission from kind of the moment they lost to TCU. Um, and and man, to actually fulfill it was was incredible. Uh, I got a lot of messages about the moments that we highlighted too. And someone was like, "How did none of you say that Blake Corum run after Zach Zinner got hurt?" And I was like, "Well, which one are you going to take out that we said there was? <laughs> you know, you go we play fifteen games and such high profile matchups. Like there, there's a, there's a lot of great moments and." Uh, yeah, that certainly that certainly was 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 among them. So, uh, yeah, cool. They got to have their celebration here in Ann Arbor, and and some of the fans come out and support them. I've I've just been seeing a lot of uh, national championship gear of all kinds, uh, you know, ar- around town lately. So I went to Costco yesterday. <laughs> like right when you walk in, it's all Michigan national championship gear and merchandise right at the front. I'm like, yeah, it's already uh, even in the airport when I landed. <laughs> Uh, back in Detroit, there was national championship gear already out. So it's like they wasted no time uh, getting those on the shelves for for people to buy. Absolutely. Maybe I should plug our, uh, you know, our poster in 11 by 17 with our photographer, Neil Blake's, uh, you know, photo from the from the championship, um, you know, trophy presentation on the field uh, that you could buy, uh, you know, on, on the MLive website. You know, doesn't have, you know, any of our stories on there. You know, that's like the true newspaper cover would have, you know, the, the game story, too. But this is more of just a, a photo thing and, uh, you know, pretty nice commemorative item. You know, if you're looking for, um, you know, early, you know, you got birthday presents or, you know, just getting a head start on on holiday shopping or whatever. So uh, I'll plug that and our, our continued coverage um, of the offseason moves on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening.